the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are blessed to have you join us. What we do for Christ has infinite significance. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Are we trusting God to affect the world for Christ and eternity? Or are we charting our own course, consumed with the temporal pleasures of our finite earthly existence? Are we praying without ceasing? Or are we ceasing to pray for God-called laborers to fulfill the harvest? God will never fail us. Are we failing Him? Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Why are there so few laborers for Christ in the church and world? Why are there so few workers for Christ, laborers for Christ in the church and world? Number one, there's a shortage of workers for Christ because of selfishness. People are too selfish to to labor. Many believers are so consumed with their own interests until they are not interested in the spiritual development of other saints. They're not really uh, interested in it. So, and it's because of selfishness. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5 says, do, not, do nothing out of selfish ambition, there it is again, or vain conceit, rather in humility. Value others. We're to value others. And only a person of humility can do that. Above ourselves. It's not putting ourselves above others. That's conceited. That's proud. Not looking to your own interests. It's not about you, but each of you to the interests of others. Verse 5, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In other words, you know you're growing in Christ when you think like Christ. When Christ is at the center of your thinking, are you like Christ? If Christ is not at the center of your thinking, you are not like Christ. Christ should govern your, th- govern your thoughts, your thinking. Christ should arrest your thinking. And when satanic thoughts come into your mind, do, do y'all have satanic t- thoughts intruding your minds? Yes! Say amen. amen. Don't you sit up and tell me every thought coming in your mind is a holy thought. Amen. The devil comes in. He, he, that's right. And when that thought hit, then you, or you, and you, you are to you are to shield that thought. You are to arrest that thought. You are to, in the name of Jesus, and you are to cast that thought out. Now, now the thought can come in. That's not that's not the sin. The sin is when you let it stay there and let it fester, and you meditate on it. You begin to think on it. And then you get you begin to play with it, and all of a sudden it it sets up. Uh, root in your mind and take over your mind. If you get the thought, you get the you get the mind, you get the man, you get the woman, you get the children. You see. So in your relationships with uh, with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. Number two, there is a lack of workers 
because of rebellion. You know why there are so few workers in the kingdom of God? It's because of rebellion. Say rebellion. Many believers know the, know the Bible instructs us to serve, but they just refuse to do it. It's not, it's not like they don't know what's right. They just don't do it. Here's a scripture, Matthew 23, 37. It says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gather, gathers her chicks under her wings, and you, underline this, and you were not willing. You were not willing. Why? Why do people not work? They just sit, they warm a pew, they sit an hour, a half, or whatever, and they go home. They go to the movies, they go eat out, they go watch a game. Nothing wrong with that, but you need to work. You need to serve. You, you're called to be active and productive in the kingdom of God. You say, but why do people not work when they know they're supposed to work? It's because of, say it. Rebellion. See, y'all can't even say it. It's because of what? Rebellion. It's because of rebellion. And rebellion is evil. I'm not doing it. I'm not giving to God my 10%. I'm not, give, I'm not coming up here and pray one hour. Uh, for the, in the 12-hour prayer watch. I know, we, I, I know it says from 6.30 in the evening to 6.30 at night, and all I got to do is choose one hour to pray, but I'm going to stay at work, eat my lunch, and go home. Now, so I know everybody can't, but many can if they make that priority in their life. Why is it that Jesus made prayer a priority in his life, but we as his followers won't? Why, why is it that the word of God says my house shall be called a house of prayer and we can't make a one-hour appointment with God to come out and pray once a year during the 12-hour prayer watch? Is that asking too much or is it that I heard it but I'm just not doing it? How quiet it is now. Uh, why are there so few laborers for Christ in the church and world. Number three, the love of money keeps many Christians so preoccupied with their careers and material possessions that they cannot labor for Christ. They can't work for God. They can't labor for God because of the love of money. 1 Corinthians 6.10, 1 Timothy 6.10 says... For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and by craving it, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. Now, money in and of itself is not evil. Stop saying money is evil. Money is not evil. Stop saying you don't need money. Yeah, you need some money, and you need more than a nickel. You need more than a dime. That's right. You, yeah, you need money. Yeah, yeah. You need, to, you need to tell your children that too so they can get out their pocket. Listen, I'm helping you out of this house. You need money. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm educating you because I want to get you off of my dime. Okay? So parents ought to be saying amen. Money in and of itself is not evil, but rather it is the what? Love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. When people love money, they'll steal from their mother. When people love money, they'll prostitute themselves. When people love money, they'll steal. 
They'll embezzle. They'll do anything when they love money. Nothing is too low for them to do. They'll gamble because they want to win the big one. They'll gamble. Oh, it is ice cold in here now. I wish they had a gambling line so I can get my gas. See, y'all slow up learning now. Y'all get, did y'all care? You know, some of you, you love money, you love it, love it, love it, love it. You can't make enough of it. You got, you get this, you want that. You get this, you got that. You got one gadget, you want two. iPhone 9 come out, you want I-10. I-10, 10 plus, 10 plus, 11, 11, 12, 13. Now, your 9 was working. You just had to have more gadgets, more bells and whistles. The, the system is designed to keep you wanting. Have you ever heard a commercial on television saying, be satisfied? Use what you have and be content. I think we'll all pass out. It's all designed to leave you wanting more. And if you don't have the contentment of Christ abiding in you, you will fall right into that trap. How how much is enough? How much will it take to satisfy you? Is Jesus enough for you? You need to write that down. Is he enough? If he's not enough, you're not going to be satisfied. That's going to be more clothes, more clothes, more clothes. Some of y'all got more clothes, so, so many clothes in your closet. You, it takes you an hour to find out what you're going to put on. You need to give some of that away. Weed it out. Now, some of you got stuff, and you say, well, I'm going to get back down to that size. And it's 10 years later. You're not going stop fooling yourself. You're not getting back down. Go and give it away. <laughs> Invite me in your house so I can help you give it away. <laughs> I give it away. I give it away. I give it away. I give, I give it away. Give it away. So you can't take it with you. Okay, weed your closet out so you can just breathe and not take, not be late getting to church because you're trying to mix and match. Look at y'all. Oh, I stepped on some feet then. The Universal Church is commanded to seek the unsaved. No person, no place, no situation, no betrayal, no threat of physical harm was off limits to Jesus as he journeyed from place to place during his ministry to seek and save the lost. God expects no less from us. The Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, we are to acknowledge him, and he shall direct our paths. Our omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God will equip us with everything we need to obediently carry out his will. When people love it, love money, they will do anything to get it. The money that God brings into our possession can be used to glorify him, or it can be used to promote our selfish agenda. You're either going to glorify, with the mon- glorify God with the money in acknowledgement that everything belongs to him. Anytime God brings money into my possession, I lift it up before God. I lift it all up before God. I lift my wallet up before God. I lift the funds up before God. I lift the envelope. I lift it all before God. I say, God, this is yours. I lift the checkbook. I just put it all in there. I just put it all. You know how y'all listen. I put it. I say, God, everything I got is yours. And without you, I wouldn't have nothing. 
God, would you show me how to use this? Will you show me how to acknowledge you first? You said seek first the kingdom of God. Father, I realize you'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings, and I'll not have room enough to receive it. Lord, help me not to cheat or shortchange you. Lord, I thank you that I have funds coming into my possession because of your goodness to me. I don't deserve nothing you have given me. As a matter of fact, if you don't give me another thing, you've already given me far more than I deserve. Do I have any witnesses here? Many believers are so consumed with money, with making more money, that the work of the kingdom is left undone. It's all about work. You become a workaholic at the expense of your family, your health, your church. Matthew 6, says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Seek me first and live righteously. I will make sure you lack no good thing. I'll work out things on your behalf. I'll make ways out of no ways. I'll give you this and that. But you got to walk by faith and not by sight. Number four, why are there so few laborers in the church and world? Number four, many saints cannot work in ministry because of their own spiritual immaturity. They're too immature to work. If you put spiritual babies to work prematurely, they get saved, and then you, you put them over ministries. You put them in leadership. You got little novices leading people. You will have more mess than you can clean up. That is why it is so important that we have discipleship and get the saints to grow up so that they can impact the kingdom, so that the church can be blessed. We don't want the church to just grow numerically. We want the church to grow spiritually. Listen, I'd rather have 200 people that are spiritual than to have 2,000 that's unspiritual. That will send me to an early grave. That's right. Because everything's an issue. Everybody's fighting over everything. Everybody's looking at everybody cockeyed. Everybody got a problem, but you got 2,000. I got 2,000 people who are full of mess. I'd rather have 200 spiritually immature. Gideon only had 300. God whittled him down to 300. But those 300 wiped out the Midianites. God doesn't need a crowd to do his business. Sometimes people say, well, I got to have great big building, great big budget. I want 5,000 members. I want to be on all this program and that program. Uh, and listen, at the end of the day, all they have is a crowd. We don't want a crowd. You, can get a, you want a crowd. All you got to do is have a wreck out there on, 14, on 1604 and get a crowd. You know, y'all, some of y'all rubbernecking. Let's get on your neck. Traffic backed up 12 miles. And when you get, and then when you get to what the problem is, it was just somebody had a flat tire on the side of the road. I said, oh my goodness, I've lost two hours because folk can't drive on. See, you can get a crowd. Crowds, crowds, crowds. We, 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 we in the syndrome where bigger is better. High 
many do you have? You know, it is not the quantity, it is the quality. I want to see a quality membership. I want to see a healthy membership. I want to see a spiritually growing membership. And because of that, if it is the will of God, he brings numerical growth out of that if it's his will. Amen? First Peter 2, 2 says, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into full experience of salvation. Number five, uh, why, why is it that we don't have more laborers? It's because genuine worship of Christ, listen, listen at this, genuine, genuine worship of Christ should lead to passionate work for him. Genuine worship of Christ should lead to passionate work for Christ. Your worship of Christ should move you to serve the Christ you worship. Did you get that? Did you get that? Your worship of Christ should move you to serve the Christ you worship. It's amazing how many believers give God long praise and worship in his house, then leave out of the doors of the sanctuary and do absolutely nothing. They don't serve their family. They don't serve anyone. They just come here from Sunday to Sunday. They, they worship Christ, but their worship of Christ doesn't lead them to work and labor for Christ. You see, oh, Jesus, Lord is good. Give thanks with a thankful heart. They hold their hands and they're saying their praise and worship. And they say, hallelujah, bless the Lord. Glory to God. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Preach, preach, y'all. Walk out the doors. Do absolutely nothing. Come back next Sunday, same time. Thank you, Lord. You're so good. I love you, Jesus. I honor you. I, wait a minute now. The scripture says in Luke 6, 46, but why do you call me Lord, 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 and do not the things which I say? Stop the praise and worship if you're not going to serve the Lord. Labor for him. My friend, who did you serve this past week? Hmm? So you serve Christ when you take that bring a co-worker card and give it to a co-worker. That's serving Christ. Knocking on doors for neighborhood outreach is serving, is serving Christ. Encouraging somebody who's down or depressed or suicidal and all these kinds of things. Beloved, where are the laborers? Number six, many saints are too transient to labor for Christ. Many do not work for Christ because they are too transient to labor for Christ. They refuse to become members of a local assembly. There are people who just bounce around church to church to church to church, but they have no work in the ministry. How can you make a spiritual investment in the lives of people when you cannot stay in one place long enough to see the fruits from your labor? The Gospel of John chapter 15 verse 8 says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Beloved, fruit refers to your actions. Fruit refers to your conduct. Fruit refers to your work, your action, your conduct, your work. Where are the fruit in your personal life? 
Where is the fruit in your family? Where's the fruit among your coworkers? Where's the fruit in the Lord's church? What fruit is in your life being produced to the glory of God? Where is the fruit? Number seven, many saints do little to no work because they do not view themselves as missionaries for, for Christ. Many saints do little to no work because they do, they do not view themselves as missionaries for Christ. Jesus was the greatest missionary who ever lived. Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Many come to church with an entitlement mentality and with expectations of not what I can do for the church, but rather what can the church do for me. Beloved, this was not the attitude of Christ. He was king, savior, and Lord, and sat on the right hand of God in heaven. And yet he humbled himself. He humbled himself and became a man with flesh and blood to serve lost humanity all the way to his death on the cross. The Gospel of John chapter 13 verses 3 through 5 says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything that he had come that he had come from God and would return to God. Verse 4. So he got up from the table. This is Jesus. Now look at here. Look, look. Took off his robe, wrapped the towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Look at Jesus, sir. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet. Then he dried them with a towel that he had around himself. Skip down to the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 12 through 15. And look what it says. After washing their feet, he put on his robe. After he had done that, after he had served those disciples, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing he said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. Verse 14, and since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Verse 15, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. My friend, Jesus was not partial with his servanthood. He was not partial with his servanthood. Because of our Lord's forgiving spirit, because he was a forgiving savior, he even washed Judas's feet knowing that he would betray Christ for 30 pieces of silver. We must not only serve those we love, we must also serve those who are problematic and hard to learn, love. Do you have any hard to love folk in your life? And some of them are closer than you think. And some of you know they are close. And you're saying, God, give me the patience to deal with this person right now before I lose it. <laughs> before I lose it. Talk to God. Acknowledge that you might lose it. Lord, don't let me lose it. Lord, keep my mouth. Lord, help me not to go off. That's right. Lord, restrain me, Lord. I need you, Lord. Help me, Lord. Sometimes you know you're about to go off. Don't pray a long prayer. Just say, help me. You just can't serve the folk you like. You have to serve the folk that are problematic and hard to love. And some of you love being around folk you like, hanging around your buddies, your friends. 
Your four more shut the door and no more. Kind of friends. But God wants you to reach out to the other races. He wants you to reach out to the elderly. He wants you to reach out to the very young. He wants, he, God is no respecter of person. Th those who are mean, those who are angry, those who won't even say thank you. And he wants you to serve them in spite. Now, if you're looking for your thank you and I appreciate you and you so special and you so all that, then listen, no wonder you're not serving. You want somebody to stroke you every time you do something. Sometimes uh, that person will say, I don't care. And you, and you got to say, that's okay. I did what God told me to do. And, and, and you will grow spiritually beyond measure. And some of you under my voice right now, you need to go back and wash some feet. I'm not saying you got to take everybody's shoes off your seat. You can't do that. But I mean serve folk. Some of you under my voice, you, you got siblings that you can't even talk to. You need to go back and serve them. You need to write them a letter first and just say how much I love you and it's been too long since we talked. And why are we letting this issue get between our relationships as brothers and sisters? Some of you need to go back and, and, and start over with your relationship with your mama and your daddy, your grandparents. Some of you need to start over with those who have wronged you and hurt you. You need to start over. Jesus washed Judas's feet knowing that he was going to sell him out for 30 pieces of silver and Jesus washed the Palestinian dirt right off his feet and he loved him even though he was betrayed by that same man with the betrayal kiss. The Bible tells us to fear not, for God is with us. Be not dismayed, for he is our God. He will strengthen us. He will help us. He will uphold us with the right hand of his righteousness. We must not be afraid, nor ashamed, nor slothful. We must be bold. We must be willing. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. God is able, and he won't fail. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching, or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 